Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Today, I decided that the title of my message should be The Gospel Unmasked. Come with me to Psalm 145. Going to start reading from verse 1. If you're turning on your Bible, please turn off the other applications so we can just look at the Word of God. If you're watching on the screen, if you're watching online, just do everything you can to get rid of distractions so that we can have a look at this. The Gospel Unmasked. My heart explodes with praise to you. Now and forever, my heart bows in worship to you, my King and my God. Every day I will lift up my praise to to your name with praises that will last throughout eternity. Lord, you are great and worthy of the highest praise. For there is no end to the discovery of the greatness that surrounds you. Generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and declare more of your glory. Generation after generation. We've got to actually assume in this generation the responsibility for the next generation. The church is only ever one generation away from extinction. And it is up to us to keep our voice. It is up to us to do our part to pass it on to our children and our children's children. And if I say anything remotely positively today, just to help those that are watching online, it would be great if you who are here in person make some sort of noise. The African thing of waving a flag is not going to work, a hanky, uh, because they can't hear it or see it. But if I say anything positive that you agree with, you just make some kind of noise. Showing my insecurities, I know, but it'll just help those online also. Generation after generation will declare your greatness and declare more of your glory. The magnificent splendour and the miracles of your majesty are my constant meditation. Last weekend, I talked to you about seven areas, I believe, God, that we will see miracles in 2021. And I don't have time to recap that. You can actually not watch that message online because we had to pull it down for legal reasons. (laughs) Uh, But... I'll remind it to you at another time, but there were seven areas that we said we would see miracles in 2021. They were in the areas of birth and conception and supernatural supply and raising of the dead and healing of long-term diseases. And as we did that, the Lord just instructed me today to keep going down this line of meditation on miracles, as it says here. He said, the miracles of your majesty are my constant meditation. And it's, it's so important in today's day, in this hour, that we remind ourselves that we need to meditate on the miraculous of God, on what God is able to do that, that, that society wants to tell us He cannot do and things that can't change. And you're just going to have to put up with that. That's your lot in life. And that's your condition until you die. And all these kinds of things that is not what God says. It's not the Gospel. The Gospel unmasked means that God can meet whosoever and deliver them of whatsoever whenever He desires to. And also as a result of you initiating a move towards Him to say, God, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I've put up for long enough. I've shut up for long enough. I'm now gonna petition heaven that you might move. Your awe-inspiring acts of power have everyone talking. 
Come on, your awe-inspiring acts of power have everyone talking. I don't know about you, but I wanna see your culture get so strong here at Awakened City that people never stop talking about the miraculous of God, the move of God, the intervention of God. I'm looking at people in the congregation that we in desperate situations last year, dads that had to make mercy dashes on behalf of their children to see God intervene. And guess what? They did what they could do and God did what He could do and He intervened. He turned the situation around. And we've got, to, we've got to get to the place where God's awe-inspiring acts of power get everyone talking. I'm telling people everywhere about your excellent greatness. Our hearts bubble over as we celebrate the fame of your marvellous beauty. Bring bliss to our hearts. We shout with ecstatic joy over your breakthrough for us. Over your breakthrough for us. Over your breakthrough for us. As I'm surveying the Bible, I'm beginning to see things that come really clear as you read the whole book and you see every situation. And one of the things I've captured over the last six, seven weeks, whatever it's been, is that miracles from God are recorded in basically two categories in the Bible. There's the God's sovereignty miracles. But God just, He just does it. He just kind of shows up and indiscriminately performs miracles out of His own goodness and glory. And it's just like, boom, wow. Boom, miracle. And, but I think that, you know, in, in some ways we've, we've adopted too much of this sovereignty of God thinking when it comes to miracles. And we think that's the only way it can happen. But there's this other category of miracles. Miracles that were not initiated and released by God, but miracles that were initiated by man and then released by God. These these miracles that happen as a result of supernatural faith. And the most common ones we know is when Jesus said to to the woman, turn, your your faith has made you well, go, you're healed. To somebody else, He said, let it be unto you according to your faith. In other words, you, you set your faith at the level and I'll go and meet that and above. But if you keep dropping your faith, if you don't activate your faith, if you just leave it dormant, then nothing will happen. And so this thing burning in me to give to you today in the moments I have is, is how we can position ourselves for a miracle. And it seems if you get yourself in the position where the God wants to do it sovereignly or as a result of your supernatural faith being activated, you are best being in the position for it. There used to be those bumper stickers years ago, miracles happen. I think it came from the witches in our world and the, the spiritualists in our world and the clairvoyants and the people that had to sell some cards at a market or a psychic fair and miracles happened and it kind of left us with this thought, is that just happened? Well, actually in the Bible, there were some that just happened, but there were many, there were miracles after miracles that happened because someone of faith, someone that was desperate, someone that was decisive, someone that was determined, decided they were gonna pursue God until they got the breakthrough. And I love this portion of Scripture because it says that we get ecstatic with joy because He breaks through for us. I might've had too much coffee. (laughs) Position for a miracle, if you look at the story of Abraham, And Isaac, when Abraham took his son onto the top of the mountain for worship, if you have a look at that story, you find same day obedience out of Abraham. And I don't know about you, that that, that must have taken supernatural faith because God spoke to him today. And the Bible says the next day he went out to worship with Isaac. 
And there was a miracle that took place on the top of the mountain, but there were same day obedience that came from Abraham. You know, it seems that he spent that night after God spoke to him, planning to do exactly what God told him to do. He didn't spend the night kind of resting whether he was going to obey God or not. He spent the night communicating to his servants that were going to go on the trip. He spent the night saying, Isaac, you've got to come with me. We're going up to the top of the mountain to worship. He spent, he spent the night planning and the next day, the Bible says, it was like supernatural faith must include. It must produce same day obedience. And let's not be the type of people that delay to obey. Let's be the kind of people that same day obedience kicks in and you might not actually act it out that day, but you are going into planning mode that day, preparation mode that day, and the very next day you're walking out what God instructed you to do. When you look at the widow's jar of oil in the book of Kings that flowed with enough oil to wipe out her debts, you learn from that story the importance of divine instruction. She was given divine instruction. Gather as many vessels as you can. She was told where to put them in, go put them into your house. Once they're in your house, close the door. It's like there was these divine instructions and you've got to know that the, the voice of the Holy Spirit wants to give divine instruction to you so that you can be positioned for your miracle. And it doesn't come from watching a whole bunch of posts on your feed. It doesn't come by collaborating with every Christian friend in your world. It comes by hearing the voice of heaven. There is a divine instruction of God for you to position you for your miracle. Supernatural faith listens to and follows the voice of God, not the voice of reason. When you look at blind Bartimaeus in the Gospels, you know, when you look at blind Bartimaeus, there he is sitting blind and he cries out to God for healing. He cries out to Jesus for healing. And the moment he cries out, he gets told, be quiet. And there are so many people in your world that want to tell you to shut up and be quiet. So many people want to tell you it's not appropriate for you to do that. But blind Bartimaeus teaches us that if you're going to have supernatural faith, you've got to keep your desperate cry. It can't just be a cry of sulking. It can't be a cry of a victim. It's got to be a desperate cry that says, you know what? You are the one God that can answer me here. You're the one that can bring my vision back. I'm going to keep on crying. He continued to cry when many told him to shut up, be quiet. Supernatural faith, I discovered through that whole thing. If you look at it, I, it's just who I am. I've got to see the entire story and find one thing out of that that's not in me that was clear in there. I've got to hold on to it. And I discovered there that supernatural faith prays loud and bold. And don't misunderstand me. It doesn't pray loud in a prayer meeting so people can you know, identify you as holy although you might do that. It doesn't pray loud because God's got a hearing problem. It prays loud because there's this desperation on the inside that says, you know what, today I've decided enough is enough. I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna keep crying out until I get a response directly from God. I know that God's people and the religious people around God wanna make responses for God, but I wanna hear the response from God Himself. 
And it's incredible that when, when the response from heaven came, blind Bartimaeus threw off the coat and the coat was like you having an Acrod sticker on your car if you're disabled. It identified that you were blind. And before he was healed, when the response from heaven came, he threw off that coat that identified him as blind and he stood up and went to walk. And as he did that, his eyes were opened. Hello, somebody, I feel like. You've got to know that there's something that comes out of this desperate cry. You've got to know that same day obedience unlocks something of the favour and grace of God for you. You've got to know that divine instruction is not a divine suggestion. I go through the Bible and I can't find anywhere really where God makes suggestions. They say if you study the Bible in its original text, you'll find that the, the, the command of God to fear not is there somewhere near 365 times, either the quote or a reference to it, which means there's a fear not command for every single day, for every single day. And it just means that sometimes you just go, okay, God says, don't be fearful. I'm shaking in my boots. I'm about to mess my pants, whatever. But I'm going to fear not and do it anyway. I'm going to fear not and do it anyway. Please don't lose that, that whole response in your heart of same day obedience, of divine instruction, the desperate cry. And then when you look at the woman with the issue of blood, and I am trying to land in the next few moments. When you look at the woman with the issue of blood, she shows us this determination. And if you're going to see your miracle, if you're going to pursue it in God, if you're going to initiate something God's going to release, then don't lose your determination because debt didn't stop her, distress didn't stop her, public disgrace didn't stop her, the crowd couldn't stop her, the disease didn't stop her. She was determined and she expressed determination to us like no other I see in the New Testament. She'd had that condition for 12 years. She shouldn't have been out in public. There were so many people there that day she had to push through the crowd and everyone she pushed through on she made unclean, which means she could have been stoned to death because she shouldn't have been out there in that condition. She was determined. She was going to let anything stop her touching the hem because supernatural faith holds on for the breakthrough. So I want to pray with you today that you would capture this infectious spirit called supernatural faith. That divine instruction would become so valuable to you. Same day obedience would become so valuable to you that in everything that you do, you would allow it to be a desperate cry. Allow it to be so core to your destiny and your purpose and your everyday that it just becomes this desperate thing on the inside. No, God, I'm, I'm not letting go of this thing. I'm holding on for the breakthrough. And don't let go of the determination that God gave you. Father, today, Lord, as we were singing that song this morning, is that we need a fresh wind. God, I pray that a fresh wind of your spirit and presence would grow, would blow upon every single person, in person and online. The Father, the oil would just cause everything to begin to flow in a way that changes things. And you know, whether you're here in person or online, you see people joining me on stage and traditionally that means within three minutes we're done and dusted, we're out of here. No, not out five. But it's going to take a little longer than that. Because can I talk to you about the oil? The Bible uh, sometimes refers to us men and women as iron, believe it or not. 
This is as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens the countenance of their friend. And I started thinking about that in the prayer meeting this morning. Then God spoke to me out of it. He says, you know, this song you're singing, it's not just a song. He says, it's a reality. He says, most people need more oil in their relationships. So what do you mean, Lord? He says, well, think of a gearbox. Now, I know all you ladies are very familiar with the inner workings of a gearbox, right? Let me explain it to you in real quick terms, just in case you forgot. Inside a gearbox, there's a whole bunch of cogs made out of iron. And they interconnect with each other. And the way you change your gears, not the way some of you change your gears, but the way, way you change your gears determines how you move up in speed and talk. But the interesting thing about those iron inner workings of that gearbox is it'll not function for very long at all without oil. The oil lubricates between the cogs so that they don't wear each other out. And in relationships, if you don't have enough oil, you will wear each other out. The oil lubricates and also cools so that the heat does not get so extensive within the gearbox that the cogs expand and then we start to seize the box. The other interesting thing that the oil does that most people don't think about is that when the, oil, when the gearbox is not in use, it stops the oxidisation process that would otherwise cause the cogs to corrode and rust and become ineffective. Enough to say that you need more oil. Enough to say that our relationships do not work for very long without oil, the presence of God, the, the, the favour of God, the goodness of God. Enough to say that some oil has got old and lost its viscosity. I had to have some instruction and some intelligence given to me after the prayer meeting just to get the clarity on this, but the viscosity of the oil is about the thickness or the stickiness of the oil. When it loses its viscosity, then it basically falls to the bottom of the box and doesn't do what it's supposed to do. So God wants to come and pour out fresh oil upon your life. Maybe you'll stop crunching gears, overheating in relationships. Maybe it'll stop relationships from ceasing and seizing up. We need the presence of God. We need the grace of God, the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God poured out fresh in our hearts. It's not because of some theological doctrinal belief of our particular church with a particular logo over it. It's for all followers of Christ. And as I come into land, I want to encourage you, somehow I'll work out how to get an explained version of this last few points to every single household because dads, I'm not just talking lightly about sitting down and teaching our kids at home. I really strongly believe that more than ever before, like the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. And in the end, they won't depart from it. That's an instruction for parents. It's not a small instruction. It's not leave them to develop their own belief systems and foundations, it's up to us. And the number one thing we need to be able to share and teach our children is the gospel. We're talking about the gospel unmasked. We need, to, we need to be able to articulate to our family clearly what the gospel is. What, what, what makes up the gospel? I, I like John Piper's definition of the gospel. He says there's six components to the gospel. Number one, there is a plan. There was a plan of God for the gospel. God planned your redemption. It wasn't an afterthought. There was a plan from God in the beginning to redeem mankind. It wasn't just planned, but there was also an event 2,000 years ago on the hill called Calvary. Hey, 
It, it happened historically. There was an event. Jesus went to the cross and He died and He hung there for our redemption. And that event caused the third thing, an achievement. The middle wall of separation between us and God was pulled down as Jesus died on the cross. That separation was removed by the blood of Jesus. Sins were paid for. Righteousness was made possible. Righteousness is not made possible by what you can or can't do. It was made possible, it was achieved at the cross. God's, God's judgment and wrath was satisfied because Jesus died and rose again. Because He shed His blood, He didn't spill it. There was a plan, there was an event, there was an achievement. Then came an offer. Let's not forget that the Gospel comes with an offer. It's offered to whosoever shall believe, whosoever shall call. There's an offer. Salvation is received as a result of the offer. You either accept it or reject it. It's by faith, not by works. It's by faith, not by works. It's an offer. God offers it to you. And as you respond to that offer, you receive all the benefits of it. Can I just clarify? You did not make Jesus Lord of your life. In the early days when we came to Christ, make Jesus Lord. It was like, oh, I'm going to make a decision to make Jesus my Lord. You cannot make Him your Lord. It's like going to a king of a nation and saying, and you live in that nation and you're a citizen. Oh, I'm going to make you my king. You go, what are you talking about? I'm already the king. You don't make him Lord. You acknowledge him as Lord. You acknowledge him as Lord. You either acknowledge him as Lord or you're in rebellion to his lordship. You don't make him Lord. God made him Lord. There's a plan, there's an event, there's an achievement, there's an offer. Number five, there's the application. That's when we surrender and repent. That's when forgiveness kicks in. In the application. Forgiven. Guilt and shame removed. But it doesn't stop at application. Thank God, hey, Jesus loves me. I'm forgiven. No more guilt. No more. It doesn't stop there. That's, that's just the application. We, we've got to get to the end result that, that what God was really intended for each and every one of us is that we would come to Him and that is the treasure of the Gospel. Number six is the treasure. I, I am brought to God. I, I come to God. And now I'm satisfied in everything because I'm with Him. He's glorified, hopefully, through me. Because I come to Him. It's not just I'm forgiven and going to heaven. But now I've come to God. Christ in me, the hope of glory. His purpose can now be outworked through my life by His grace. I apologise if I've ever communicated in such a way that God needs you. Because I've learned through reading my Bible, He does not need any of us. If He needed us, He wouldn't be God. Take a while, think about that. If He needed you, He would no longer be God. Oh no, God doesn't need me, stop it. Whilst He does not need you, He still redeems you. 
Whilst he does not need you, he still desires you. It's crazy. Whoa, it changes everything. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.